doing today? Good, good. You all got to get out and get some exercise this morning, right? Out there shoveling it up. I sent a picture uh, yesterday to uh, my brothers and my sister, and they go, whoa, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> of course, they're in California. I said, it's sunny. We're going down for a walk to the you know, thing down there. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I wish I could have sent them a picture this morning, though, when like you couldn't see the steps at my house. Like the, It's like a straight, straight shot down the steps. There was no steps there. Any of you had to dig that out? Yeah. I don't mind it, actually. Hey, let's read our Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4, shall we? We'll pick it up kind of where we left left off last a uh, few weeks ago since we had Christmas and New Year's, and I think that's all we had in there. I don't know about you, but I'm having trouble like getting back into the rhythm of the new year. Yep. Anybody else having that trouble? There's one. There's one. <laughs> oh, man. We talked last time, though, and, and, and I, I'm actually going to uh, talk a little bit more about this subject here this morning, that Jesus is always there. You know, we've all been let down, we've all been disappointed in this life by people, by human beings, right? We, they, they just sometimes, they're not there when you need them, when you think they should be there, when you want them. But no matter what, Jesus is always there. No matter what, Jesus is always there. Now, I want to I make a distinction here because I think this is really important because there are a lot, a lot of things involved in the subject we're talking about and the subject we're going to continue on is that when I speak about this, I'm speaking to believers. I'm speaking to people who are children of God. Now, God is, you know, God is omnipresent when you can study about you know, the nature of God. He's, omni- He's everywhere, but, but there's something that is a special relationship between God and His people. Okay, so when I'm speaking today, when I'm speaking about this, that he's there for you as a believer. But for those people who are not believers, it's not the same in any way, shape or form. Do you understand what I'm saying? They don't have a relationship with him. He's not there to provide for them. He's not there to, though the rain falls and the snow falls on the just and on the unjust. We know the Bible says that. And he provides the things in this world for everybody. But there's something special for the believer. Okay? Does that make sense so far? Are you tracking with me so far? Preach it, brother. I'm going to preach the word. So, what I, what I, you know, we're talking about the fact that Jesus is always there. And the question I want to ask you today, and the question I ask myself is, do you know that? And do I know that personally? Or is it just kind of this concept? You know, we know we've heard it. You know, Jesus is always there. We can have a relationship with him. We can, we can have this, you know, thing where he's there for me and, and, and we, we talk and we can talk about it. But do we really have that? That's the question I want to ask you. Do you know that he's there for you? Let's look at what Paul says in in verses 17 and 18 again. He said, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, 
so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Can you kind of see in those words there, Paul's talking about that he knew the Lord was standing right there beside him. The Lord was right there with him in the middle of everything that he was going through. And we've talked from the beginning of this book that this was uh, the last book that he would write because he knew that his death was imminent. We're here, but the Lord's standing by me in the middle of all this stuff that's going on. He's in a dungeon, dark, foul place. And yet he's saying that the Lord was there with me. These are the things that Paul was facing. And, and he says, you know, that the Lord was with him. The Lord gave him strength. The Lord delivered him from the lion's mouth. The Lord would rescue him. Because of what he said in the earlier verses in the chapter, that, that he was, the Lord would bring him safely to his heavenly kingdom. He was going to bring him home to heaven. I don't know about you, but I think a lot about going to heaven. And I'm going to talk about heaven in a couple of weeks because I, I think it ties in with this study and, and, and how I'm going to wrap this study up that he was looking forward to heaven. I'm going to talk about heaven. It's a huge subject, but it's where we're going as believers. Again, we're talking to believers. Heaven is your destination. In this world, we, have, we don't have a home here. The Bible talks about us having a, our citizenship where? In heaven. That's where we're going. That's where home is. But Paul knew it, you see. He had this, he had this idea, and Paul, you know, we talked about the fact that he, 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 was still, he was still seeking after God and making Him first in his life, and he knew that he had to keep doing it day after day to seek after God. He knew that, that you know, he hadn't completely arrived yet, but one day he knew. And he, and he said in Philippians, you know, that, that the Lord who started the work would what? Complete. Complete it. He's going to finish. The Lord who started the work, who's doing a good work in Paul, in you and me, he's going to complete it. So Paul knew, Paul had this personal understanding that the Lord was with him. One of of my other favorite verses is here, found in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and and this is written by who? David. David, of course, and you can read that on the screen. But he says this, he said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is an incredible psalm. I really want to encourage you to memorize this psalm. It's not that long. If I can do it, you can do it. But this psalm, you know, it's incredible. You go through the verses here and you, you notice in the beginning of the song, he, psalm, he says, the Lord is my what? Shepherd. My shepherd I shall not want. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He, you know, leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. But it's all he, 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 right? But then he gets to verse 4, this verse we're looking at here. What does he say? He says, you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. It doesn't get any more personal than that. 
for you and I to be able to say, you are with me to the Lord. Because we know it personally that, that we have a relationship with him, that we, that we, you know, he's with me, Lord, you're with me. It's, a, it's speaking to him, you know. It's, when you say you are with me, you're speaking to him directly. There's no intermediary. There's no somebody in between that has to, you know, you go through this person or that saint or whatever to get to Jesus. There's none of that. We have direct access, and he's right there with you and with me. You say, okay, okay, Rich, I get what you're saying, but you know what? You're talking about Paul the Apostle, right? And you're talking about David, King David, right? Now, I can get that those, you know, those guys, okay, they're, you know, they're like way up, up above where I am. I'm just, I'm just down here, and they're kind of up there. But is that the way it is? You know, what, what, I, what I find, and as I began to look into this over and over in the Scriptures, it's repeated over and over that God is with His people, Amen. that He is with them, and, and He assures them over and over. And when you see something repeated over and over again, what do you think? It's important. It's, important. it's clearly important. I want to go back to what I said in the beginning, though, is are you one of His people? Because what we're talking about here, if you are not one of his people, these things don't apply to you in the same way. He's generally there. God is there. He's always there. He's, he's everywhere. He's God. But not for you personally. It's a, it's a different thing, you see. So are you one of his people? How do you become one of his people? You, you believe and receive in Jesus, the Son of God. You accept him into your life. You, you surrender to him and you become one of his, says that in John chapter 1, verse 12. So I want to look at some different things about this this morning in the time that we have. And, and so uh, we're going to take another journey through the scripture. But first, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 and, and uh, see what Jesus said about it. How long would he be with us? Just, uh, just certain times, just for a little while. Look at verse 19, Matthew chapter 28. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I wonder if they were thinking about this when the people wrote that song, I'm, that he is with us, he is with us always. But, but you see, Jesus is speaking to them in a personal way. He says, I am with you. Can we say that to him? You are with me. And he says, I am with you. you say, you know, I don't quite get this thing. Well, you know what? I think when you go through some of the trials like David did, like Paul did, like the people we're going to look at here, it's going to make a lot more sense. It's going to be a lot more important to know that the Lord is with you in the middle of those things that you go through. Who wants to go through them alone? Do you? I do. I'd like to try this one on my own, Jesus. Just let me see what I can do. How many of you try that? Let's be honest. I try that one a lot. 
you just, just let me do it. You know? And then how far do I get before I just... <laughs> That's kind of the way it is. But to know He's there with us, always, He says, to the very end. To the very end of the age. Paul knew it. He says to the very, he's going to get me to the end. He's going to get me to the heavenly kingdom. He's going to get me home. He's going to get me all the way home. That should be encouraging. That should be comforting to you and I. He's going to get you home. So let's take this journey, shall we? Let's go all the way back to Genesis. Okay, turn back with me to Genesis. Let's take this journey together. And, and we're going to start in Genesis 26 and <clears throat> speaking about Isaac. Genesis chapter 26, and I'm going to make this easy for you. We're just going to go from left to right so you can find the passages easily and quickly. Look at Genesis chapter 26 and verse 24. Look at verse 23. From there he went up to Beersheba. Beersheba, that's where Anthony and Irene are. So Isaac was there and says, That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Now Isaac, at this point in time, he is in, he is in the middle of conflict. When you read, and we're not going to look at the context of each one of these passages, but you can, you can go back and read them. And He's in the middle of all this conflict by, with all these different people. And so how many of you, I know I do, when I'm in the middle of conflict, how many of you wake up in the middle of the night and the conflict is stronger in the middle of the night than it is during the day? Why is that? Huh? Because it's dark. Jesus is the light of the world, though. But that's what we do. You know, we turn this stuff over and over, and we think of it, well, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm, you know. But the, he, he met with the Lord in the middle of the night. That's like one of the best times to meet with Jesus in the middle of the night. There's no one else that's paying attention to you, hopefully, unless you're making all kinds of racket and waking everybody up, hopefully not. But between you and Him, and you're meeting with him, and he appears to Isaac, and he says, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. One of the things I noticed as I was studying this, I was looking at these different verses, is something that keeps coming up again and again in context when the Lord makes, says these words to people is, he says, do not be afraid. And so what that tells me, what, what I saw that is that, 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 number one, is that we're all prone to fear. And number two is that His presence is meant to defeat fear. His presence, knowing He's there with us, is to, is to uh, you know, He says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I am with you. I think that's important. I think that's very important for you and for me. How about the next one, Genesis 31? Genesis 31, Isaac's son Jacob, this, this happens, you know, where it, it just keeps going on and on, right? Genesis chapter 31, verse 3. Uh, 
Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives. And what? I will be with you. Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives. Now, the situation, and some of you know, you understand what happened, what was going on with Jacob. He was with some family members, but, but things were not going so well. So he was in the middle of family troubles, really. And, and now God is saying, go back and go back to the promised land, really, where, where other family, you know, were. The land of the fathers and relatives were there, but, but he's now over with, you know, his wife's family, and, and I'm not going to go there on that one. But he was in the middle of this family trouble stuff, right? And, and so God says, listen, I, this is what I want you to do, and, and do what I ask you to do, and I will be with you. Sometimes, how can we do what God wants us to do unless we know that He's with us? That's another thing that I saw over and over in these verses. What If God asks us to do something, He's going to be there with us to help us do what He asks us to do. It's just a, a promise that He makes to Jacob and the family troubles. How about Exodus chapter 3, next book, Exodus, right? Isn't that easy? Exodus chapter 3. Who, who are we going to look at in Exodus chapter 3? Yul Brynner, of course. <laughs> Charlton Heston, yeah. I got that mixed up, sorry. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Let's jump down to verse 11. He says, But Moses said to God, Moses had gotten a, a, a call from God. He says, I want you to go, I want you to bring the people out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, What? Do the best you can. Check with me after you try. No, he says, I will be with you. I will be with you. He's facing a pretty big assignment, don't you think? You know, they figured it was, you know, the, the number of the Israelites were, were in the millions. And Moses, you know, Moses, he, he, you know, he didn't do so good his first 40 years, and then now he's been out in the wilderness for 40 years. He's 80 years old, and now God says, this is what I want you to do. And he says, I don't know, who am I that I should go and do that? And, I don't, and he has this kind of argument with God, really. But God says, I will be with you. Later, Exodus 33 Turn with me to Exodus 33. Later, what do we see? We're going to have to keep moving quickly here. Exodus 33, verse 14. Again, this is later on in the whole scenario, but Moses is having this discussion. He finally, you know, he agreed to go. And, but Lord told him, you know, you're going to lead these people. And then he says, but I, I can't do this by myself. I need help or whatever. I need someone to go with me. You keep telling me this, but who are you going to send with me? Verse 14, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. How can I do this? How can you do anything? And I, and I just love what it says in verse 15. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. You know what he's saying, right? Hey, if you're not going to go, then I'm not going either. 
If you're not going to go with me, then forget it. It's not, I don't want to go. And the truth is, would you, do you want to go anywhere where God isn't going to go with you? I don't. Sometimes we try to go off and we take these, you know, side trails, these side tracks. We go off and, and we get ourselves into trouble. We don't want to go there. We want to stay on that path that God has for us and do what He wants us to do, where He's leading, where He's guiding and directing. But I don't want to go, Moses said. Unless you go, unless your presence goes, I don't want to go. That's a good attitude, I think, right? How about Deuteronomy chapter 2? So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2, right? Verse 7. He's speaking to the people of Israel. But we see these things so often, we, we, we kind of get a, an idea of what God is like through the pattern that we see through these verses, right? What's God like? This is what He's like. Verse uh, 7, He says, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast desert. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you, you have not lacked anything. That's an incredible verse, isn't it? Looking back, you know, Moses speaking to the people of Israel, you know, God has blessed you, but God has been with you all for these 40 years. You know, for, for us to know that, he, that the Lord was with us in the past, He's with us right here in the present, but He's also with us in the future as well. But, you know, when you look back over your life and you, and you see what, you know, for 40 years, He says, 40 years God was with them, blessing them, watching over them, providing for them. Isn't that what David was talking about? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God's going to provide for me. He's going to be with me no matter where I am at and facing death in the valley of the shadow of death even. The Lord is with me. Sometimes we know His presence even more, I think, in those difficult times. Was, what, was that, what were those 40 years like in the wilderness? Was it a, like a 40-year uh, you know, vacation? What were those 40 years like? It was dismal. It was horrible. Whose fault was it they, they were out there for 40 years? their own. But yet God still promised to be with them and He walked with them, He blessed them, He took care of them, provided food for them. They complained about that too because they didn't like the manna. But yet God was with them for 40 years. I think we're going to look back and, and one day when, when, when we get home, we're going to look back and see what God has done for us. We're going to go like, wow, you did all that? I thought I did that. No. God's taking care of you. He's, he's with you. He's taking care of you. If you are one of His, again, principle number one. How about Deuteronomy chapter 20? Deuteronomy chapter 20. Let's turn there. Oops. Wrong button. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 3 and 4. Let's start in verse 2. When you're about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army, and he shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. 
Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. That big panic button, remember that? Why? For the Lord your God is, with, is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. That's another thing we see uh, repeated, that God, not only does He go with us, but He fights for us. But we got to show up. we got to show up for the battle. But He's going to go. He's going to go with you to fight for you. You don't have to fight this battle all alone. How about De- Deuteronomy chapter 31? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And verse 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Why? For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you out there on your own. We quote that verse, but this is why. Because the Lord will go with you and with me. Don't give in to fear. Don't let fear take over your life. The Lord goes with you. Look at verse 8. This is interesting. The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Like, can you wrap your mind around that? Can you understand? How can He go before you and also go with you? Well, that's because He's God. That's because He's almighty. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. Did I say omnipotent before? I meant omnipresent, right? So, the fact that, that he's leading, he's, he's already gone there ahead of us, but he's also walking with us on the way there. That's amazing. You know, we face these different things in life. We wonder, how in the world am I going to get through this? How in the world am I going to ever make it? Well, there's only one thing, that he's with you. There's only one reason, that he's with you. He's gonna, you're going to get there because he's going to get you there. And he knows what he's doing. Though it might hurt now, I forget the rest. We just sang it like a few minutes ago. How about verse 23 in that same chapter? The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for, for you will bring the Israelites into the land. I promised them, them on oath. And I myself will be with you. That's powerful. I myself will be with you to make sure that this happens, that, that this works out. Joshua was, was going to bring the people into the promised land, right? Cross the Jordan and all that stuff. You know, you know the rest of the story. But he says, I myself will be with you. I'm not going to send, you know, a representative. I'm not going to send someone that you have to, again, have as an intermediary. No, he says, I myself am going to go with you. So when you say, you are with me, you're talking directly to our Lord, our God. That's amazing. I've got a couple more with you. Please hang with me, if you will. Let's turn to Judges chapter 6. So we have, find Joshua... Judges, Joshua comes right after Deuteronomy, right? Then Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, and this is speaking about uh, Gideon, right? 
Gideon we find here in Judges chapter 6. I can kind of relate to this. I love Gideon. This guy, I relate to this guy for a lot of different reasons. But look what he says here in verse 12. He says, when the, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with, he is with you, mighty warrior. And, you know, you'd think, well, if you, if you heard God telling you that, you'd kind of like say, wow, that's cool. Let's go. But that's not what Gideon said. Look what he said. But, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. Can you relate to that? You know, we're talking about the Lord being with us all the time. Do you ever feel like Gideon? Like, if God, if you are with me, why is all this happening? Because I think you've abandoned me. I, this is what I really think is that you've just kind of, you know, threw me out. Is that what happened with Gideon? No, not at all. They were going through some difficult times, no doubt about that. But the Lord, He, he says to Gideon... I'm with you. The angel of the Lord said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Though what you think, you think you've been abandoned, the Lord is with you. So so many of the Psalms, David says, you know, he's kind of crying out to God, where are you when I'm going through all this stuff? He says, I'm there. David realizes it so often as, as we do as well. Oh, I guess you were there with me, weren't you? Later on in that chapter, jump down to verse 15. He says, but Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites together. He says, the Lord is with you. And the Lord answers himself now, I will be with you. And you'll do it. You can get through. You're going to make it. I want to jump ahead. There's a few more. I'm just going to, I'm going to quote uh, in Isaiah chapter 43. We're not going to turn there now. He says, through the waters and through, uh, through the rivers and through the fire, he says, I will be with you. Amen. Jeremiah, uh, when God called him to serve him, to be his prophet, he says, listen, I'm only a child. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And what did God say? He says, do not be afraid. I and with you. But I want you to turn with me. This is going to be a little hard for you to find. Zephaniah. Zephaniah. That's a little more difficult to find. Use your index, okay? Because we only have a couple minutes left here. I'm going to have to go through all the minor prophets in my head. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. So right after Habakkuk, I got to go through all that in my head again. Habakkuk, Zephaniah. Zephaniah, and I think Chris will like this because one of his favorite songs is in here, you know. Right? It is. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. He's speaking to Jerusalem. Look at verses 16 and 17. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. 
Do not let your hands hang limp. Why? The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. That's why I said that, because Chris loves that song. I love it too. He is mighty to save, but it doesn't stop there. It says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. I don't know. Some of us have an idea that God just, you know, He's just mad at us all the time. He doesn't even like you. He'll put up with me, but He doesn't really like me because, you know, he knows what I've done. He knows who I am, what I've been, whatever. You know, it, that's not what it says here, is it? I think the Lord he wants you to know that He takes delight in you. He delights to be with you. Then look what it says. He will quiet you with His love. Is that sweet? And it doesn't stop there. It says He will rejoice over you with singing. He will rejoice over you with singing. Can you picture that? The Lord is rejoicing over you with a song, singing. That's not a picture that we kind of normally get. We think God is going to you know, strike me if I don't do, and if I don't act, and if I don't. But He's, he's with you, and He's like, He's got these blessings. He's pouring out. He's taking care of you. He's going ahead of you, and He's going with you, and He's going he's to take away the fear. One of the things... Uh, you know, Kathy Ricard had been a part of our fellowship for 22 years. And uh, there's something about Kathy Ricard, and those of you, how many of you remember her? You know her. About half of you or so many of you. She hasn't been around for a few years. She's been fighting cancer. And she passed away, and we did, uh, you know, her memorial service this week. But you know, there was something about her, and she had, she had a lot of trials, a lot of very difficult, difficult trials. She had, you know, a lot of psychological issues. She was just beaten down, broken down. But there was something about this girl, you know, and, and what, I, what I determined is that it was her faith. It was her faith and that, that Jesus was truly with her in the middle of all that stuff. And I remember something about Kathy, you know, she would come to me after the service and, you know, just, you know, people milling about. She would come to me and she would say, she would talk about a verse that we talked about. Oh, that verse you talked about and, you know, and that's a really, you know, or she'd bring up another verse and, or maybe something in a song. And I think I, think I remember her bringing up this verse because there's a song we sing that has this in it, right? And I think I remember her, you know, I can't remember every, because we did, this happened a lot, frequently. But I think I remember her bringing this verse up. That, you know, the Lord rejoices over me with singing. And uh, it was just special to her, you see. But, but we spoke to her the Wednesday before she passed away, and and, and Paul and I were there, and we were talking with her about different verses and, you know, that she liked. And, and uh, you know, her first answer was Psalm 23. First answer. And then she said John 17. And we found underlined in her Bible, you know, John 17, 3, you know, that this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus speaking to the Father. 
And then we, and then there were some other verses as well. But we asked her, we said to her, are you afraid? And she said, like, afraid? She was like, what are you talking about? We were like, because we knew it was obvious. She was about to die. And are you afraid to die? And she said, no, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid. Now, you know, Fear, again, is a human part of our human condition. To be afraid when, you, when you're close to death is, is almost natural. And often I've seen it where people are afraid and they need encouragement, they need comfort, and, and I probably will too. But, but there was something about her and that, that there was this, this assurance. This, there was no fear. And, and I attribute it to this, that the Lord was there with her in those days, in those hours. Psalm 23, we looked at it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you're with me. We had this memorial service, right? And I always give people an opportunity to, to, to speak. And, and uh, we had a few people speak. And, and uh, I didn't know too many of the folks there. She had like, there were eight kids in her family, mostly all these extended family members. And so we finished the service, right? And we're done. When you're done, you're done, right? But, but her son-in-law stands up and says, wait, I want to say something. And like, okay, this is highly unusual, but it's okay. We're kind of flexible anyways, right? Anybody want to say something right now? No, just kidding. We don't have time for that. So, so he stood up and he said, you know what? He said, and, he, and he, could, he had to try like three or four times to get it out. He was emotional. He could barely speak. But, but in the end, he said, you know what? I am a Marine. He said, I, I've been trained. Uh, you know, I've been in, I was in the Marine Corps. I'm, you know, I'm a man. And, and, and this is, you know, the kind of strength that, that I've been trained. This is the strength, right? But he said, there's a strength in her that is, that he says, I can't even understand it. Now, is that powerful? I can understand it. I, I only attribute it to Jesus in her life. And that's what I've been saying, you know, through the message at this memorial. There was a strength there that he saw that people see in you and in me because Jesus is a part of my life. For you are with me. I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. He's with us to the very end, right? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Can you and I say that? That's the question we started with, and it's the, it's the question we finished with. Can you say that to him? You are with me. Maybe you're not sure about it. Maybe you're like Gideon, and you say, I'm not really sure you are with me. I think you abandoned me somewhere along the way. And the Lord said to him, the Lord is with you. I am with you. Like Paul facing the lions, facing death. Like David facing death. Some of these other people we looked at, they're facing conflict. They're facing family troubles. They're facing assignments that they don't think they can do. Like the people of Israel in the wilderness for a long, long time in the battles. Even when we don't understand it, through the rivers and the waters and the fires, He's mighty to save. He is mighty to save. I want to look at those verses one more time and read those. The Lord, 
Your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Is that incredible or what? Do you and I know it. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and and the promises that are there that for your people, you are with us. Father, I pray uh, for you to uh, give each one of us that assurance to know that you're with me. That we could be like Kathy and, and that fear wouldn't control us because we know your presence in our lives. He's, you told Moses your presence would, would go with him and you'd give him rest. Some of us need some rest because we've been thinking that you're not with us and we're just trying and striving to make things happen. But Lord, you are with us. You are with your people. You'll never leave us, never forsake us. I pray in the quietness of our own hearts we'd reach out to you and and speak to you and say, Lord, I, I, I know you're here. I just need to, I need to understand. I need, I need faith. But I also need that assurance. I need that encouragement that only you can give, that you're with me. And I pray that, that you and I, we, we could walk this journey together until we get to home. Home to heaven. You're going to get us there. You're going to walk with us there. Lord, I pray for any here this morning as well that maybe you aren't one of his yet, but Lord, touch those hearts that, that are still searching. I, I, I want to find life. I want to find a reason. I want to find hope. I want to find strength. I can't do it on my own. If that's you, you can pray right now as we pray and say, Lord, I want to be one of yours. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I need the cross in my life where my sins would be paid for. I ask you into my life. I receive you. I believe in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more song, shall we?